0: Thank mm-hmm. you. everybody, it's your boy Taz and you are either listening to or watching the intro podcast. Look, so I gotta do this right because he knows exactly how to run this ship if I mess up and he can tell me what's going on and what's wrong. But look, so about 10 to 12 years ago everybody when i was living in in dallas i had an opportunity to uh to stand and uh talk with uh my guest today and he spoke some things into my life that has led me to where i am now in media in podcasting and even in my music so i wanted to uh give him his flowers today he's one of the busiest people in america because he got dish nation he's a boxer uh, he has his own music he can probably tap dance if you give him the shoes ladies and gentlemen the one and only head what's up man what's going on taz man yo ever you know some time has passed you, you still look great
1: shout out to you bro
0: i was completely shocked whenever you cut the dreads off
1: you know, I, it was about time for, like, a reset. Because I think at that point, I had dreads for, like, maybe 14, 15 years. And I was starting to, like, dabble a little bit more in acting. And I know a lot of times they would be real specific on the looks they would want people to have. So I didn't want to, like, pigeonhole myself into certain roles. Like, yo, you're the weed dealer. Yo, we're going to do cool runnings, too. Which would have probably been a good bag. However... You know, live in a time and technology where they can throw a wig on you and keep it pushing. and It'll look real.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you, like I, I said before, you are super duper busy. I want to know personally, how do you balance all of these things that you have? Because like I said, the boxing, the music, the TV, the philanthropy, everything that you have going on. How are you able to balance this and still be as successful as you are?
1: It's a tough balancing to act, but you know, I think the key is to partition your time and know when it's a season for particular things. You know, some people can do eight or nine things at once, but are you doing it well? And you know, when I had like my, my myself laser focused, you know, getting ready for a fight, I had to stop doing music to a degree. I had to stop doing like, you know, comedy stuff because I was focused on not getting punched in the face. So you had to you know you had to figure out what's the main priority for right now focus hard on that be great in that and like you know i fought a fighter and it actually looked great out there you know what i mean and ended up not looking at the ceiling you know what i mean so so that that was really dope and i felt like i put the time in the right space now here we are in 2023 you know early on you know i'm uh my creative juices are flowing the music thing is like you know always been a big component of my life and I'm really investing more time into that because like, I just have so many records that I want people to hear that I feel like can really help people. You know what I mean? Cause like some people do music like, yo, I wanna prove that I'm like the thotist or I'm gonna prove that like, nah, like yo, I want my music to find you in the worst time in your life so it can help you. So when you are in the better times of your life, you remember when, when my music found you, you know?
0: I'm not gonna lie, man, that's what, uh... Mona Lisa Scars did. I know it's a song for women, mm. but it hit me at the right time as a man.
1: That's what's up. But you know, it is it, it's geared and engineered towards women. However, you know, guys, we could pick up some swag from like, you know, from some aspects of that. Because even with the first line, yo, what's up, Mona Lisa? You know what I mean? Like people, I feel like women have heard every line available. You know and you know we do worship women like they're pieces of art so why not put women on that pedestal and let you know that listen you don't gotta go do you know you don't gotta go see dr miami or you don't gotta go to this place in that place to go change your looks man you find just the way you are let's talk
0: so with the success that mona lisa has had with it not being what everybody else is making because you know you're making music to uplift right where they are versus other people who are making music that's saying we want the bbl we want this yada what made you choose that lane
1: you know i didn't even have to think about it you know what i mean i just feel like the universe a lot of times just guides my steps yeah you know what i'm saying shout out to the creator most High. and you know i always know the right thing to say and 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 sometimes i'll say it a long time ago and it'll come out when it needs to happen you know even with some of the music i'm working on now these are records that I'm going back, not Mona Lisa Scars, but some of these records that like, you know, you're gonna see in the future are records that like I recorded demo versions of them a long time ago and the structure was there and the raw energy was there, but now I'm a little bit wiser. I've seen I've seen more things. I have more to say and more to add to it. So it's almost like when you build a house, you got the framework for the outside of the house. Oh, but now we got marble floors up in this joint now. Oh, now we, oh, look, the walk-in bathroom with the shower and the tub all in one, you know, like, so it, it's great to like, you know, always document your ideas, even if it's something that you may not use right then and now, but build on it later when you lived a little bit more and become a better artist, you know, or like, or, or take that inspiration from your younger, raw thoughts and add on to it. So that process is really helping me be like two or three projects ahead.
0: In writing, uh, I'm glad you uh referenced uh, writing and not actually working, like putting it out at that, that time. Whenever you're writing something, and this is for all the writers, singers, or whatever who are going to hear this, what happens whenever you write a song that, that you think is for right then and there, but it's postponed until a year later? Like, what is that feeling?
1: <laughs> it's just, it's like... a a Tuesday or a Wednesday for me. (laughs) It's like (laughs) nothing ever really comes out fast, you know, on on my end. And it's not necessarily by design, unless it's something that I'm doing for the radio. Like when we do the flow and go and whatnot, you know, those are like, you know, typically things that happen during the week that I'm highlighting. However, if it's something that I know I'm putting towards, like whether it's a head crack project or Bodega Brothers project, I know that people may not actually hear this, for like six months, eight months, sometimes six years. Um, but if you if you make music that, that that has a great shelf life and you're not trying to be trendy, the words will always matter later. You know? Every now and then you might feel, oh man, I referenced the time port in there. Let me take that out. You know, or or like, okay, uh PlayStation 2, huh? You know, like you know. You learn over time to not mop yourself into a corner by timestamping certain things, and you're just talking about general relatabilities that people can connect with. Like, you ever watch Seinfeld?
0: I love Seinfeld.
1: Yo, yes.
0: It's such dry comedy, but I get it.
1: (laughs) Yo, fist bump. Bro, so the dope thing about Seinfeld is this was a show that debuted in the early 90s, and here it is, 2023, and I can still watch Seinfeld and laugh at it because even though... You know, the thing, the stuff was shot a long time ago. The the themes are evergreen. It'll always matter. You, you'll always have that situation where I parked at the mall and I can't find my car. Or or you're going to deal with a close talker and things like that. So, like, I try to take that similar approach with music. Like, I what's, like, a low common denominator feeling that people have felt that they could connect with? And how can I do this in the most creative way possible? You know, whereas, like, I'm not preaching to you. But i'm like trojan horse and a message into a solid soundscape so hopefully i deliver more times than not
0: well i absolutely love mona lisa scars. like i say i relate to it in uh more than one one way so for that inspiration man i salute you for that but i want to talk about the success of your song violence and the short film award that you received
1: oh man so violence was one of the last records that i've uh created for this new project that I'm coming out with called Microdose, which is an EP. And shout out to Higgy Beats, who's the producer behind it. A young, talented female hustler, entrepreneur. we I went to the studio one day with her and she threw that beat on. I was like, whoa, 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 don't play another beat. This is the one. This is the one that's going to start my project off. And this is probably going to be the one that's going to be the first single. And violence perfectly matched everything that I was going on inside, going on inside me at the time, spiritually, physically, because I was getting ready for the fight. Um, And then even just, you know, the war that goes on within people. A lot of times, you know, people always talk about, man, people be hating on me. But sometimes the biggest battle is within ourselves. Yeah, you know, you you looking yourself in the mirror and you trying to pick out flaws about yourself or telling yourself that you ain't built or equipped for this trip. And at the end of the day, you got to defeat that with intellectual violence internal violence and get through it so um you know we we shot a really crazy video shot the kansas bowling and uh we went to i cannot think of the name of the city but we was like three boomerangs throws from mexico we were so close to the border like tijuana right and she found this really dope location where We just shot like, you know, this, you know, like kind of like a B movie style horror film in the form of a rap video. And lo and behold, it got picked up for a film festival in LA and we ended up winning uh, for best like hip hop video. The more I live, the more I have to write about. And, And I think a lot of times, you know, we as artists, we all go through our dry spell and that's okay. You know, but the thing is once, you know, once the tank is full again, you got you, you to gotta get to it. You can't let the opportunity and the time pass you by. Like, my manager tell me all the time, like, yo, you got to work on this. Like, yo, I'd be like, nah, it's rap time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm in a flow right now, and I don't want to, like, you know, pivot away from where I'm at creatively to put energy into something else because, like, I feel like I'm in a zone right now. So there has been times where, like, all right, you write a rhyme or you write a song, and you'll be like, all right, cool. This is great for, like, a first take. Let me, let me live with this for a couple of days. I'm gonna come back to it. Maybe say something better. And it it's tough because you you always want everything you do to be out of here. But sometimes that's not the case, especially to working with new producers too. Um, you know, like because a lot of times you know people may get a beat from somebody and they're, they're working independently in the studio by themselves. I feel like when you look at any time through history, anybody who had like a great smash album or amazing project they didn't really work alone they worked with producers and they had other creators around like yo what about this for the hook or what about this that and the third to just really try to get the best creative output around and sometimes when you jump from producer situation to producer situation the vibes be different like there's a producer i'm working with right now called uh named nails shout to nails every me and nails have made some slappers but none of them are perfect right now. Like, these are all joints that I I cool. Like, I, right, we had some time to sit and think about this. I'm going to say this differently. Let me re-record it. I know I could give it a little bit more umph on the take. And sometimes you got to have people around you to push you and be like, yo, do it again. Or this, that, and the third. Meanwhile, there's another producer I work with named D-Cross where, like, it just happens off the top. And that's just part of the magic but I know these records I'm working on with nails are gonna come together because like he's such a dope energy his production style is dope and it's a vibe and then then you have all the other records I do where like you know it is the thing where someone sent me a beat and it's like okay I got something you know but I always love being in a room with other creatives because when your antenna is up and you're doing that creative thing ideas just start flowing and you get the best output, man. Michael Jackson didn't work alone
0: and he was bad. Okay. I want to talk about microdose. Okay. Uh, What, what is the meaning behind it? Why did you choose the name?
1: Okay. So microdose is a term that started getting used a lot more in the last like five, six years, I would say. and Basically the art of microdosing is doing what a lot of people would classify as drugs but in very low dosages and like, you know, and it's crazy what gets classified as drugs, you know, alcohol is a drug, um, you know, the steroids that they put into our meats, those are drugs. However, what about the drugs that can truly help you? Uh, the psilocybin, the ayahuasca, um, you know, even weed to some degree and not everybody's wired in a way to where they process weed well, cause some people smoke and they, they turn into burnouts, can't get anything done. I can't front, I'm one of those people. I don't, I don't do my best work under the influence of marijuana. So I'm slowly stepping away from that because I know, I know what time it is. However, as it relates to other plants, mushrooms, psilocybin, it makes the synapses in your brain connect in such a way to where like you're really working in your best optimal mental space. If you're doing the right amount, you're doing the right kind of uh, you know, mushroom and whatnot. And there's even like studies that have been done where they'll, they'll like um, scan someone's brain pre- using uh you know psilocybin and wow while, while under the influence of psilocybin it's like whoa all the synapses in the brain are talking to each other and connecting you're seeing vivid colors you're hearing your hearing is amplified it almost brings your your ears nose well not necessarily your nose but your ears eyes and brain to almost like an infant-like state where everything is just still so raw and numb you ever walk into a room and you see a kid talking to somebody and they ain't there kid baby baby see things we can't see because our third eye is a little calcified um we're a little like numb to the environment you know the environmental damage that's being done with these you know these radio waves and shoot even these wi-fi signals just imagine what that is doing to like you know all these cool little things that our ancestors was able to just tap into so you know so plant-based things bring you a little bit closer to where you can tap back into that energy so anyway so as it relates to the project microdose it's about everything in doses in small doses that are appropriate so the first record was violence the b-side the violence was called for the love you know because it's a yin and a yang kind of thing you know like hey we're going we're going to wage war against ourselves and the things that hold us back but we also going to show love to the culture you know what i mean um, and then the the next two songs that are yin and yang is this song called Tightrope, which is like a battle of the sexes kind of record where it's like, you know, this guy and girl scoring back on each other about things they don't like about each other, but then it gets chased by Mona Lisa's scars. Cause at the end of the day, love is the message, right? And then there's another record called Sumo, which is about like not being inside of a box and just, you know, being the biggest, baddest version of yourself. And then it, it closes out with a Zaytovin track Called Trouble Don't Last Always, which is kind of like Zay Tobin. Yo, Zay, Zay is a dope dude, man. And yes, like he, no, is. he will give an opportunity to anybody who energy good. And mm-hmm. I, I love that about him.
0: Uh, what uh, Tell me about the group, the Bodega bravos
1: Yo, Bodega Brothers, man, that is uh the three-headed monster known as Headcrack Travi and Kino. Um, you know, before um, well, I'm not gonna say before I started doing the Rick's my show, but Probably, like, year three or four into doing that show, we formed a group. Because I was going to Europe to do a, a a tour. And we had a couple songs together. And I didn't want them to come and just do one song. So we just started working on more music. And then, like, because we're friends, it all came together very organically. And I'm like, yo, we got to call our crew something. Yo, what about the Bodega Brothers? Because we like a store. We offer a little bit of everything. You know, you get candy, guns, you know, bread, rope, paper. We got a cat, you know, all that stuff. So we got it. Absolutely. So it, 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 it man, it's fun. The only thing I hate is that we don't all live in the same state because a lot of the records wrote themselves because we are hanging out with each other all the time. So we, um, you know, we've been kind of hitting people with singles here and there. We got a new uh, single coming out at the end of the month called Book of Eli. And, um, you know, and it's a vibe is featuring a guy by the name of concept and another guy by the name of crumb. And, you know, we got some more visuals coming and we got a whole project in the bag that I can't wait for people to hear because we haven't released a full length project in a while and, and people's listening habits have changed a lot too, you know, like, you know, they like, people want to hear one single at a time, which I hate because I come, I come from a time. i like, no, I want to tell you a full story.
0: Yeah. Get everything right now.
1: Yeah. And especially because, you know, as artists, we create a lot. So if I was to hit you with... One song every four months, every five months, I'm going to be like 89 by the time I'm through with half of the stuff that I had to deliver out. So some things are going to get that. All right, here's the single treatment. And some things are going to be like, nah, here's eight songs and you're going to listen to them, you know, that kind of vibe.
0: Let me rewind the tape. You said keynote. Is, is that the, the keynote that's uh, that I would know from radio?
1: Absolutely. Keynote the Hispanic from another planet, man. We think it's Steve's.
0: So, That would lead me to talking about how loyal you are because that's like, to me, in my eyes, that's like a radio day one for you. Absolutely. So, like, you you never switched up. What what is it about Keynote that made you want to be that loyal and for him to be that loyal to you?
1: See, the thing about Keynote is that he will always have your back. And that's the kind of person I am. Like, if you have my back 100%, I'm going to have your back 1,000% and that sort of thing goes so far with me because not everybody's wired like how I, I i'm wired you know what i'm saying like i spend a lot of time in life sometimes getting screwed over by people because i give people the benefit of the doubt you know what i'm saying i always walk into a situation assuming everybody's a good human and not everybody's a good human some people are terrible some people are gonna get to go to hell twice you know what i mean like in the, in the section where there's like a little bit more gasoline to make the flame a little bit more lit you know what i mean and and you know, and, and it sucks that it is what it is. But one thing about keynote is he's always been consistent. We've always been consistent. And like the day I met, Keynote, cause he was the kid who went to the other school that I was hearing about, like, yo, this is kid who remind me of you. And they was hearing, the, he was hearing the same thing about me. So when we finally met, it was like that Spider-Man meme where It was like all three of the Spider-Man, like, <laughs> you know, so so you know so that that's that's the homie man and the thing is like you know in a perfect world i will take him on any every incarnation of everything that i do ever because i love that guy because he was there for me during a time where a lot of my original sandbox homies i'm not gonna say switched up but had to go through their life trials you know what i mean and and a lot of those people i've linked back up and we cool again but you know but me and keno definitely made it through some dark times you know together and you know watching each other go through it
0: i love the loyalty i want to know when where did the the boxing uh head crack come on because uh i learned about the boxing because i i don't watch the dish nation shows but i love the podcast
1: oh yeah i keep hearing that we have one i just never heard it oh but my I'm, god
0: it's I'm, I'm every stra- single show yeah, I'm sure it's just
1: the show, minus the yeah. commercials and... You can't I listened
0: that. to every single one of them. So whenever they were talking about you boxing, I was like, whoa, I'm not getting in the ring with you because I remember what you was 12 years ago. Man, <laughs> so I'm not it, about to not.
1: And the crazy thing is, I look at myself 12 years ago, I'm like, yo, why do people let me eat like that? You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, I, you know, like, if I wore a red jumpsuit, it'd be like, hey, Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? Like, but... Cause I, I, I used to live to eat. Now I'm a little bit more in a space where I eat to live, you know, which I feel like, you know, if you live long enough, you'll either do it on your own or you'll be forced to, <laughs> you know, but you know, boxing has always been a major staple in my household. Like even growing up, like, my cousin was Joe Frazier. So, you know, every time I go to my grandmother's house and she'd be watching the fights. And then like in a crazy, like, I don't know, like what year did you graduate high school?
0: 2002
1: okay so you completely missed this wave right so back in the days on Sesame Street Snuffleupagus was Big Bird's homeboy right but anytime Bird would be with Snuffy nobody else would be around and then when when Snuffy would bounce everybody would come through it'd they be like ah you just missed my friend Snuffy they're like yeah whatever Bird so joe frazier was like snuffleupagus like every time i came over my grandmother's house i just missed him and then and then one day it was like 1990 like i happened to be over there and he happened to come through, and I got a chance to meet him because, like, I always heard I had this famous cousin that I never got a chance to meet. Like, wow, does he drive around in a limo? Does he have a million dollars in cash on him at all times? You know, all the things that you think when you're young that, like, being rich is about. And, um, man, and it, it definitely, like, you know, just to shake his hand and how firm and solid it was, it changed my life because even at that point, I'm probably, like, 9 or 10, right? Maybe, maybe 11.
0: So that mean everything to you.
1: Well, I wanted to be a boxer until I met him because he had to repeat himself a lot. And I'm like, yeah. what'd you say? What'd you say? Come again. Come again. And then I was like, all right, cool. I think I'm cool watching it. You know? Yeah. But as time went by, the urge to do it just kept calling me. And there was a few, there was a few close calls where I almost, you know, did it earlier under different circumstances. And just the time was never right and the universe made it dope to where like one day I'm watching like one of these celebrity boxing matches. I hit my manager up and I'm like, yo, I want to do this. So she, she got on the Grizz, reached out to, you know, Damon Felder uh, or Feldman. I always butcher it up, but uh, reached out to the guy who runs celebrity boxing and and got me on. And and at first I was supposed to fight a reality TV show person. And I was like, cool, it's going to be light work. And, and then that person pulled out. And they're like, yo, what about Kimbo Slice Jr.? I'm like, whoa, he's a fighter fighter. But I'm like, so am I. And even though I wasn't a fighter fighter at the time, I knew I I knew I I mean, we've all been in fights. As men, you didn't fought at least at least once. Unless you're part of that era where they made you stop fighting in school. But uh, but you know, you you've all we've all at least had one scrap and then like I've had quite a few of my days, so I knew that all right, bare minimum, I know I know how to fight. But but training for the fight, I learned how to box. And is it and is a difference. You know, because even going into training for a fight, you have a whole bunch of mini fights called sparring sessions where like these cats ain't like, you know, love tapping you like they yo they rocking you in the snot box, you know what I mean? So I got to fight a lot preparing for the fight and like I learned so much about myself that, yo, not only can I take a hit, I can also give a hit back. And um and so and I had an amazing trainer by the name of Pepper who runs a, a gym called Pepper Boxing. You know, if you have ever in the A, check him out. You got a really dope situation, and he he got me all the way together and gave me all the tools that I needed to you know to get it popping. You know, like and it's actually my manager that sought that gym out, and she was like, yo. And it was crazy because I walk by this place all the time because it's by a movie that I go to, but. Man, I trained for six months. I was supposed to train for three months, but when my opponent backed out, it gave me three additional months to train. And that was just God being dope because if I'd have fought in March, I'd have looked the eight. but I looked way more together in June when, you know, once I had six months under the belt and I just got finished watching Creed three. And I really want to fight again.
0: I'm so jealous of you right now. I really, I cannot wait to see Creed three.
1: You're going to be so impressed.
0: So I impressive. I have super high expectations. I want to talk about Dish Nation. Okay. How does how does it how did it feel to go from the voice on the radio to the face on TV?
1: I knew that the day that that show got greenlit, that I knew it was going to change my life. Mm-hmm. Because radio is very one dimensional. You hear people's voices, and you know, maybe people might recognize your voice in the drive-through. Um, or if you're just popular around town, people will, oh, yeah, that's head crack. But I knew that Dish Nation and being on TV like that was going to make it to where, like, 70-year-old white women in Dakota would know my name. Where, like, older black ladies who don't listen to hip-hop radio because they don't like the music would at least get introduced to me. And it's really been the gift that's kept on giving. Like, out of all the jobs that I have ever held, the Dish Nation gig is... A strong one, sometimes number two, because it's just it's fun. It don't feel like work when I do the show and just the energy in the room and the fact that we always got just different people coming through. It's a vibe. And then also the the, the gift of being one of the original parts.
0: I was just about to say you are, you were there from the beginning.
1: Yeah, me and Gary and and Brat, who came a little bit later, we are like the, the survivors of Squid Game you know and, and we just got renewed for season 12 which is exciting you know what i mean and uh I, I could have never imagined in 100 years you know when i was a kid watching entertainment tonight that learning about who these white people were was going to pay off in the future you know what i mean
0: so uh lastly i want to talk about uh the side that a very few people uh concentrate on whenever they they'll talk to a head crack i want to talk about the family man Okay? Because with everything that you do, you are still a successful father, you're still a successful husband. How with the business you and the the family you, how do we balance it and still be as successful as you are?
1: The weird thing is like head crack on the radio and head crack on TV is like the same guy at home for better or for worse. Okay. You know cuz like there's things I say to my kids that okay most people probably wouldn't say that. But however, I feel like it makes my kids a little bit tougher. Like, you know, my oldest, I've talked to him like he was 18 when he was 18 months, you know? And that kid never disappoints me. He, he makes me proud every day and, you know, and, and his love. Now, my younger three, my kids is wild. Uh, this is wild and, you know, they're not really afraid of much. And I, and I just chalked this up to like the new generation, like we're like, yo, they ain't afraid of nothing get cursed at threats of beatings none of that stuff. they're like yo give me more you know like it, it, it's weird however my only my only the only thing that makes me sad is by the time my youngest is my age i might be out of here you know unfortunately i mean just you know mathematically and and you know and i really want to take care of myself and do the best i can because like, i want to be one of those guys that gets to see his grandchildren and his great grandchildren, you know? I don't I don't take life for granted. Uh I definitely have serious FOMO because I feel like if I died on a Tuesday, they would drop like time machines on Wednesday. You know what I mean? And and man, and like and, and I've lost a lot of people over the last few years, especially like, you know, in 2020. And like people who were excited about things that were happening in a few months who checked out before that thing happened and you know yeah like you know it, it 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 really like brings my mood down when i just think about like how young my kids are and how much i want to be there because i lost my mom in 20 2018 and being you know late 30s early 40s you know when you lose your mom it's it's soul crushing because i I always thought that like I would be 60 and still be able to go see my mom, you, you know? Uh, and it, it, still, it still chokes me up when I think about it. Um, but the, um, yeah, I just wanna be here, you know? And I just wanna set the best example that I can. I always wanna like, you know, I always want the narrative to be dad was present and not, not just there, you know what I'm saying? Like I really wanna have meaningful interactions with my kids you know well into their 20s 30s 40s 50s you know as long as you know as long as the creator you know keep me here like i want to be here for all of it you know
0: man everybody look you are listening to or watching the intro podcast i have my guest uh in my head he's a mentor but in my head he's like a big brother at the same time but the one and only head crack is in the building man i appreciate you so much for being a part of today's show do me a favor and tell our listeners and viewers where they can find out more information about you
1: Yo, listen, ladies and gentlemen, um, yo, you can tap in with me on any social media platform at H-E-A-D-K-R-A-C-K. But most importantly, man, check me out on Spotify, iTunes, Title, Apple Music. Same spelling. H-E-A-D-K-R-A-C-K. I have music that can meet you where you're at. And hopefully, you know, pick up your vibrations and put you in a better mood than you were before you heard it, man. Also on YouTube, I got interviews and content that we're dropping. Me and my manager have a podcast called Whispering Out Loud where we say a bunch of questionable things. And then there's also my After Hours podcast where I talk about, like, you know, interview people. But also on the in the audio version of it, my, you know, my recent episodes were more so about ayahuasca retreats and stuff like that. That I've been going on just to try to, like, you know, seek that self-help and, uh, you know, and preserve the mental. So I'm there, I'm there, I'm everywhere. And yo, Taz, bro, I'm glad that you're pursuing your dreams, family. And uh, yo, don't stop, because you have an amazing voice that cuts through that microphone. Like there's a lot of money out here for you, man. So, you know, so yo, just keep doing it. And like, yo, you could be the Walt Disney or whatever you want to create, bro. You know what I'm saying? You, you want to you make your, your own version of a Dish Nation where, like, you know, it's a bunch of notables all in one room, like, you know, talking that talk and, and, and meeting the listeners where they at? Do it. We have all of the technology, man. And that's not only just for you, Taz, but that's for everybody on the other side of this camera, man. There, anything that you want to do, it's the time to get it done right now.
0: Everybody do me a favor. Uh, we have the reels that's going to be going out for this show, but I want you guys to uh, check out our YouTube and you can listen to us on Spotify, uh, I heart radio app or wherever you get your vibes for podcasts. Once again, uh, Headcrack, crack. Uh, you, you, you did something for me today, man. I appreciate you.
1: Yo, and I appreciate you, man. This was super fun. Taz, big ups. Shout out to the intro and uh, y'all continue to subscribe and support this brother right here.
0: Shall do. Hey, y'all, we out. Holla at you.